Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Craig Houston, and I've uh, got a couple of quick announcements before we tackle today's, uh, today's topic. Uh, the first one being, and you may have seen this on my Facebook page, on my LinkedIn, I actually published it all over the social media, that I'm going to be uh, opening an office on the West Coast uh, just outside of Bellingham, Washington, so I'll be able to uh, better serve. Um, <clears throat> the West Coast uh, people out there, and I'm going to be out there. Uh, I'm going to be out there, I actually leave on August 12th, and I'm going to be out there for several months, so if you know anybody that wants any kind of consulting work, inspection work, or, or whatever, or just want to come say hi, uh, just uh, go ahead and give me a call. Let me give my email address out here for those that want to send me an email, which is fhuston, that's f-h-u-e-s-t-o-n, at gmail.com. If you want to call into the show and speak to David and I about the topic we're about to cover, the call-in number is 323-870-3968. Now, before we get David on the line here, one other announcement that I'm I'm kind of excited about is uh, I'm starting to put together some what I call e-learning classes, electronic learning classes. I know a lot of people are having trouble getting away from their businesses, so uh, we're going to put together some uh, e-learning. Some of them will be on demand. Some of them will be live via Zoom. That is. So if you're interested in that, you can see a list of all the courses uh, at uh, the, web- the following website. It's uh, the stoneandtileschool.com. That's the stoneandtileschool.com. All right, let me get David in here, and we'll, uh, we'll tackle this, uh, this topic that I know we've covered before, but we're going to get a little bit more in depth. Uh, David, are you there? Yes, I am, Fred. You're a little bit fuzzy yeah. on your end, but... Well, well I've been told that before. <laughs> uh, I think that might be your connection. I don't know. I think mine is going. I don't know. Yeah, it is a but, connection. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're going to talk about the engineering stone materials. And, you know, I put this a long, long time ago on the show, and it's becoming more and more popular. As a matter of fact, I read online somewhere today, and I, I, unfortunately, I didn't, didn't put the quote down that engineered materials are now exceeding in sales in the United States, more so than granite countertops. So we're going to see a lot of it out there. We're going to see a lot of installation failures. We're going to see a lot of refinishing uh, issues, which is what I want to talk about now. So let me ask you, David, um, with the different types of engineered stones that are out there, you know, which which are the, you know, as far as categories, which are the ones do you find most difficult and harder to uh, yeah, let me do this because I'm having a real bad connection. I'm calling you for my cell okay. phone. All right. Are you there? Fred? Yes, yeah. I'm here. Is that better? 
little bit better. It's really fuzzy. You're coming in really clear. Is that any better? A little bit better. It's just okay. kind of fuzzy. Anyway, <clears throat> cork okay. countertops. Yes. You know, um, what, what, do you, what do you find the most difficult part of these cork countertops? The biggest thing, yeah. yeah, the biggest thing I find that is the largest problem is that the manufacturers are changing their compounds and percentages, and they're not telling anybody. Right. So, what? Let's talk a little bit about that because where I see the confusion all the time, and I was online today, is that you know you hear anywhere from you know 10 percent to 12 percent quartz versus you know the resin, but they don't tell you a lot of times whether that's by weight or by that by volume. Which is a big issue. Well, now here, here, here's the biggest one. So it used to be that they listed it at, let's say, an example, 93% quartz, which was bullshit, but 93% quartz and 7% resin by volume. Now it's by weight. So it's no longer by volume. Now, back in the day when I came up here from LA in 97, there were only three manufacturers and the countertops were heavily textured, which yeah. means the quartz, the, the quartz crystal was much, much bigger. And it was just so durable. It was incredible yeah. because of the consumer driven wanting fine grain. It's no longer that the quartz crystal is bigger and the resin sits just underneath. So it's not on top, it's underneath, so which gives yeah. it that texture. Now it's no longer quartz crystals, it's pretty much, I don't know, powder or I don't know, maybe <laughs> real small. But it's but it's mostly now resin. So it's now resin. So you're dealing with the polymers, whether it be um polyester, acrylic, or God knows what in some of the countries. Yeah. And they're changing them, and they won't tell you. So what may work on one line of countertops may not work on the other line of countertops. And you may say, yeah, this worked for me last year, but it doesn't work for me now, because they may have changed it. And that's quite common. Is, uh, anything that's not that's not nature-made, like granite, for example, and man-made, that, that's going to be a constant issue. And uh, it's going to make it real tricky for the guys like you out there and some of the restoration guys that, that are listening, even the fabricators, uh, we're seeing issues with, with cutting and edge polishing, et cetera, with, with some of these materials. And you're right. Um, you know, I, I, I too remember when there was like two or three, you know, engineers phone companies out there. And now I, every time I turn around, I have an email from a new company, whether it's out of China, whether it's out of South America, or, you know, whatever. There's at least, I think there's right? at least 50 now. But the the thing is, is like as I sit in the some of the technical committees. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Go ahead. As I sit in some of the technical committees, we talk about should we regulate resins. Well, that went out because there's some countries that are not going to obey by that rule. Right. And we know who those countries are. So, yeah. what the manufacturers do and I've seen this a lot, that they lie on their MSDS sheets. 
mm-hmm. or they'll change it and they won't change their MSDS sheets. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of like uncharted territory and we're in the area of you have to figure it out yourself because what may work on a Caesar stone this year may not work on a Caesar stone next year. And I know they'll disagree with me, but for years they've also said that the texture was same as the fine grain, which is total malarkey right. is the nicest word I could use because they say, Oh yeah, it's just as strong. Well, I don't work on textured countertops because they're so durable, right. but the fine grains driving everybody crazy. And they're saying, God, I shouldn't have any problems with this. Well, yeah, if you got texture, you wouldn't have any problems, but now you got fine grain because you wanted it to look like Carrera Calicutta and everybody's having a hissy fit with white quartz, but everybody want white quartz because they don't want the problems of Carrera Calicutta. But though the least natural stone Fred, at least natural stone, you know where you stand. Here's how I deal with calicutta. Here's how I deal with Carrera. Here's how I deal with the cream marbles. Here I deal with granite. Here's how I deal with quartzites. And there's softer quartzites, believe it or not. Not yeah. softer in the sense of they're more porous, okay, as far as that goes. So they're, some are tighter, but most are porous. And we talked a couple of weeks ago on the porosity of the quartzites. But at least natural stone, you know kind of where you're at. With the quartz, you don't you don't know where you're at, and it's driving the fabricators crazy. It's driving the restoration guys, or those who even try to attempt it, crazy. And the homeowners are having hissy fits because they're the ones having problems with it, and they were told that they're not going to have any problems. Yep. You sold this benefit, and you know that's not the case. So, so how would yeah. how would you how would you approach it? I mean, I know you use you know Steve's policy play system there, which is you know really good. And, you can direct people to your website and the, the YouTube videos on that. Uh, but how, how would you go ahead and approach, you know, walking into a, a, a customer's home that has, let's say, some, you know, pot, whatever the case is? Now, how would you approach uh, restoring that kind of property if you were Well, again, it comes down to is it a scratch? Is it a blemish? Is it um, a burn mark from a hot pan? Um, those are all different, so you have to look. But the biggest thing is on the videos on YouTube of Steve's Polishing Pro, there's three different segments. And on those segments, Steve explains what you're really dealing with. So he gives you an education on what you're actually dealing with. Um, and one of the things that people don't know in the industry is that there is a very, very – there's a – topical nano coating on these okay so let's say when you go and you use acetone which is fine for stone but a lot of the guys are using acetone on these quartz and they're burning not only burning the uh, topical nano sealer on it but they're also burning the polymer and there lies one of the problems so that can be fixed a lot of times you just kind of have to sand it or use diamond pads to get it out and then work on your polishing on your stages. But one of the other things that you have to do is make sure that you get the texture. Most contractors right now are saying, I can't get it perfect, but I can get it close. And so now slop has been the norm, where they say, okay, that's close. I like it. That's fine. And they're happy with it, as opposed to, you know, you can get it perfect. Um, I have a good system. Uh, Jim has a good system. There are the new donkey pads that are out and they're very very fast but they can't get the texture 
Mm-hmm. But I've had a lot of people say, hey, you know what? I can't get them to work. You know, I watched the video, but I can't get them to work. So, and the price point keeps going down and down and down. The nice thing about the Steve's Polishing Pro System is that it will work on good countertops and it will work on garbage countertops. And garbage yeah. countertops that they call quartz, but really it's just, it's, it's not quartz. There's no quartz in it. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. um, garbage. But it will still work. And that's the beauty of that system. And it will get the texture. I like it. People say it's a little bit slower, but I can nail it every time. But I don't sit there and tell people, because in Silicon Valley here, as they eat their young, they don't want close. They want it nailed, but you're not getting paid. And by the way, do you know who my husband is? You know, that kind of stuff. It's kind of funny. So you can't really say, some people, I know a lot of guys say, well, I can get close, but I can't get it perfect. When, you know, that's kind of like putting a countertop and saying, well, gee, I'm sorry you have a, a little lippage on your seam here, but, you know, the countertop's wrong which is crap. They just didn't know how to set the substrate. So it's all excuses. Well, you know, then we get into the issue, and let me ask you if you run into this issue before. You know, with certain certain quartz manufacturers, if you touch that countertop, and what I mean by touching it is, you know, you polish it or you, you uh, diamond hone it or whatever, it breaks in warranty. Oh, absolutely. They all say that. And it's really funny because they'll say, oh, yes, you have a warranty. And if you touch it, you void the warranty. Yeah. I've actually watched. I've been threatened by a few. But they'll come in and they'll say, well, it doesn't stain. They said, well, you just took bleach and water and got out the stain. It was a client who had white quartz, <laughs> and she drank a lot of tea. And, it, and so they come in with bleach and water, and they get out the stain. And he says, see? She goes, yeah, but you just got out of stain. It doesn't stain. She goes, it was just staining. You just cleaned it. Yeah, but the, the countertop doesn't stain. I've actually seen him say that to a client. And I look at the guy and I said, does it kind of say country boy on our foreheads? <laughs> it's stained and you just took bleach and water because I can smell it and you just got it out. And they're like, no, it doesn't stain. And these are the same people who said that heavy textured was the exact same durability as the fine grain, which is total bullshit. I'm sorry to have to use that, but it is. They're just lying to you like dogs. Dogs don't lie, but it's expressive. But, yeah, they'll say if you touch it, you void the warranty. Well, what warranty is there? You can call the manufacturer, and the manufacturer's not going to do anything. They're a big company in another country. They don't give a heck about you. And that's one of the problems is... It's all just smoke and mirrors and it's a bunch of bolts, like the ceiling things. You get a long sealer and your, you know, right. warranty is we'll give you a new product. There's a lot of line in the industry. And then you have the fabricators and you have the homeowners who are the ones who eventually get screwed. And it's just not fair. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the norm now is screw the person who's generating your economy. And that goes all the way down from the top to the manufacturers because they'll change it. Um, I know inside stories of people saying, well, this blade doesn't work um, like it used to. And they said, well, did you change your formula? And they went, yeah, we added blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, that's why. But they don't tell you unless you talk to the right person. They will not tell you the truth. It's all bull. And the person who really is getting screwed on this is the homeowner because they're not telling 
the fabricators. They're not telling the suppliers. Right. And who's generating all their economy? It is the homeowner yeah. or the client. Now, the smarter mm-hmm. ones say, okay, let's use this brand or this brand. Sometimes people will ask me, David, what brands don't you work on? And I'll tell them, and I'll say, okay, that's the ones I want. I said, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir. Yeah. And it, and it it's like if you want to know, if you know, what appli- if you know what appliance to buy, ask somebody who has to fix them. I don't ever fix these. Okay, then that's the one I want. Right, exactly. You know, and uh, when you're speaking of training, I remember doing a fabrication class one day, and uh, some guy took a, we were doing a template on a piece of quartz, and he, he took a, a Sharpie and, you know, outlined the, the template with a Sharpie, and uh, we ended up cutting it, and guess what? That Sharpie did not come off. It actually penetrated down into the, into the quartz, and I don't tell you whose it was, but I will tell you this, and this is kind of interesting. Back in the day, and I don't think they do it anymore, DuPont's um, Zodiac line used to advertise. That was back in the days when, you know, they were threatening that granite contained bacteria that had radon gas and you know, that whole fiasco that, that happened a while back. But uh, one of their claims was what's nice about our product is it doesn't stain. And with every countertop came with an instruction book, and guess what? A stain removal kit. I always got a big kick out of that. Well, if your product doesn't stain and you're advertising it doesn't stain, how come you're including your stain removal kit with it? You know, so it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of it's, I guess it's kind of like maybe it's up there where you get gift cards and they're working on a percentage of how many people use the gift cards and don't use the gift cards. It's just all, it's, they're not telling the truth. Right. And, you know, most people don't care anymore. But, you know, I talked to a lady this morning. She said, I spent 22000 on, you know, this, you know, on my countertop and having this all done. And now you're telling me that my countertop, I have to live with my countertop with the seams being dark because they used the wrong glue. Right. I said, yep, but they'll tell you that's industry standard. And what do you tell me, David? They used the wrong glue. Right. Instead of spending $168 for a quart of Bobstone Glacier, they bought five gallons of garbage, poly right. polyfoxy, right. for less than 200 Yep. Absolutely. So, that's, that's the issue. So, you know, getting back to the refinishing issue, uh, let me ask a couple of specific questions. And that is, you know, I've had guys say, you know, I can't, I've got a scratch or something on the countertop. And I'm trying to blend it out, and I just can't blend it, so I'm doing the entire top. Is that necessary? Um, you know, it's it's hard to scratch the, the texture quartz. The fine grain will scratch, <clears throat> but you can't really buff out a scratch. You have to – it's like a stone, and you don't want to dip it. So yeah. you have to go out a little bit, and you have to be really careful. Um, sometimes there are some glues that you possibly can use, but you have to be really careful and have your color just right. But again, from some sort of angle, if you got a bunch of windows, you may be able to see that too. And it depends on how picky the client is and where you live. Absolutely. But well, yeah, scratches you have to you have to grind or sand them out. Definitely, you're not going. The only thing you can really buff out is when it comes to. Um, blemishes you know even a burn 
you have to do a little bit of sanding on. Right. Um, and the burns, it depends. I have one client that goes, well, these yellow marks, I don't like these. And this was in the material when I got it. And I said, no, it wasn't. I said, it's to the left of your stove. She goes, well, can I put my pot on my stove? And I said, did your mom tell you to use a pot holder when you were a kid? She goes, yeah. And I said, did mom tell you to use a cutting board? She goes, yeah. I go, mom's still right. I said, just because you want your way because you got your home. I said, you have to be practical. Yeah. I said, you had, when, when you were a kid, you had the best tiles made in the world. But they still put a pot holder down. Let me give a phone number out one more time, and that is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. If you've got a question for David or I, go ahead and uh, give us a call in if you're listening to All right, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, our our cops don't need sealing. They told us it never needs sealing. What's your thoughts there? Um... You know, when I put, it's like stone. I put water down on it, and I rub it, break the surface tension. I have sealed stones. Uh, Most of the manufacturers now have quartz sealing kits. And the reason why is because, again, they're changing their material. They're not telling anybody. And some of the stuff is tight, and some of the stuff is really porous. Yeah. Does it say that an acrylic is more porous than a resin? You know what? That comes down to we don't know what they're making or how they're making it. And even if we looked at the CAS numbers, CAS numbers on the MSDS sheets, the problem is they may not have ch- they may have changed the formula but not changed the MSDS sheet right. or the SDS sheet. So yeah. um, that becomes part of the problem. But I would say when in doubt. Um, Yes, there are many materials out there that do need to be sealed because they do stain. Now, again, we go back to the sealing, and we talked about, you know, um, the nano thing. And nano is really a buzz thing. Yep. Because nobody – yeah. But the point is, is, yeah, some of them do need to be sealed. I I have put sealer and stuff, and it just soaked in like a sponge. Yeah. You know, but hey, a year later, the same manufacturer didn't. <clears throat> That's where it comes down into the change in this stuff. They're just not telling us. And somebody says, oh, you don't have to seal. Again, going back to the texture, the texture's great stuff, right? But mm-hmm. everybody wants, everybody wants to buy the fine grain, and the fine grain is weak. The texture is strong. That's basically it. You want a Pinto or you want a Volvo? Which one are you going to survive in a crash? Which one's going to last longer? When people, when I walk in and they have a heavy textured, they say, what do I have to do with this? And I go, nothing. They go, what do you mean? I said, I'll never work on that. It's a good material. And they're like, oh, cool. You know, it's, it's, it's funny, there's so many new materials being introduced out there. You know, back in the day, you know, they used what they called um, uh, polyester resins, and now it's been different polymers being used. There was one company I found, and I, I don't, I apologize, I don't know the name of it, that is now claiming that uh, their particular resin is UV resistance, which is, which is going to get interesting because 
That's my next question for you. Have you seen issues replacing a lot of these quick materials in the period situation? With around a period back and outside ball or whatever. Yeah. And again, what type of resonance, like when I was in the technical committee, uh, we were at surfaces doing a, the uh, NSA um, technical committee, National Stone Institute, and I brought up this stupid thing of, hey, can we regulate resonance? And they all said, shut up, David. They go, no, there's no way they're going to do it. Forget it, David. Don't push it. Don't even, don't pass go, don't collect $200. Because some country, we talked about it, some countries, you will not abide by the rules. So just forget it. We just have to be on our toes. Right. I'm like, well, that's wrong. And they said, that's the way it is. Sorry. And I'm like, wow, this is like the Wild West. And they said, exactly. So then why are we here making rules? Because we, you know, we can make rules for the United States, but we can't regulate what comes into the country and have it tested. But yet I've had cases where there was a material that came in from China that wasn't porcelain. Um, they lost their case, and it was so bad. Well, we want it for our client, but when it hit the next batch hit the port of Los Angeles, 70-some-odd containers were rejected at the port and sent back to China. They were the exact same thing because they had inclusions in them. Okay, does happen. But, again, there was um, some client in L.A. had an awful lot of money and had a very large, powerful um, law firm on retainer, and he was able to do that. Most people cannot do that. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting, too, is that, uh, you know, you know, I'm seeing concrete countertops out there. That I actually say, should say lightweight countertops. That uh, well, I guess what I'm getting at is that you know trying to identify these materials is becoming really impossible. Um, you know, there used to be a day I could go into a engineer stone and say, well, that's Firestone, or that's Cambria, or that's Zodiac, and there's just so many of them out there. You're scratching your head as to you know which one it is. So I guess what that boils down to is uh, you know if you're going to get Work restoring these and polishing these and repairing them. You got to know what you're dealing with. Test, test, test. Would that be your advice? You know, it's it's. There's a lot of it. There's three really main systems out there. There's the real cheap one, which everybody likes because it's hundred bucks. Then Jim's got a system out of Arizona, and I have Steve's Polishing Pro. Okay, they're all good. They all work. People want fast and get out. Um, for me, my clients want exact, okay? But it, it depends on, you know, they sometimes use the um, donkey pads, and then yet you can't get the texture you want, so you have to go into like a steeze polishing system to get the texture you want, or maybe a little more polish that you need. Um, it all depends. And then they say, well, okay, well, where in the heck did this countertop come from? Well, it came from China, okay? Sometimes when they say it's in China, I'd say, just replace it. It won't cost less than for me to fix it. Exactly. You know, and they're putting a lot of this cheap stuff in the track homes. Yep. Um, and their lines of problems is, you know, people with brand new homes, like, I, I trust courts because the salesperson said I won't have any problems with it. And I've had nothing but problems with it. And I said, go back to the person that sold it to you. Don't kick me like the dog. Right, exactly. You're the hero. You're not supposed to be the uh, person that's complaining to. But, you know, it, it's interesting. Yeah. You know, I was looking online, and it's just 
There's so much misinformation out there online. You just, you know, people, just because it's online, and it used to be in the day way before the Internet, if it was in a book somewhere or in a magazine article, it was true. And I think that that mentality has switched over to the Internet where people go online and they read something, they automatically think it's true and it's not. Oh, I know. I was at a house yesterday, and they looked at me and they said, look, I got this on the Internet, so tell me which sealer do I need, David? Do I want a penetrating sealer or do I want a topical sealer? And I said, for stone? I said, you want a penetrating sealer? And then I looked at him and I said, did I pass the test? It was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. You sent me this information on the history of um, yeah, quartz. Yeah. And does everybody out there, because I got in a little bit late, did you bring this up to people? Because this no, is I, really... I, actually, I was just going to read the one about the cheese connection, which I thought was kind of interesting. You know, most everybody's heard of Cambria. Uh, you know, it's one of, the, one of the major brands. Actually, they probably have the major market share right now in the U.S. when it comes to quartz countertops, but I'm just going to read you what it says here, that uh, Cambria is a brand that represents a huge chunk of the U.S. market, blah, blah, blah. Yet few people know one bit of interesting trivia about the American-owned company. The company also makes cheese. That's right, folks, cheese. And the people I don't know called the Davis something. And what I also thought was interesting in that, and that is that, let's see, where it is. Um, even today, the Davis family's business supplies about one-third of a billion pounds of cheese each year to craft foods. I thought that was just, I never knew that. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting that uh, cheese people now become, uh, you know, pork manufacturers. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting what they put into stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it's, but, you know, on, on the part where you tell them about the uh, 90% stone-like materials, because people oh, yeah. think yeah. when they say, oh, it's got quartz, they're thinking they're getting really high-grade quartz in there. No, they're, not. they're not shipping high-grade quartz. It's kind of like the story you talk about, you know, the calcium thing, who who sells, who actually buys the most amount of stone per volume right. in the world. And that was, tell them about the 90% thing, because that's really interesting. Because yeah, everybody thinks they're quartz. He goes, oh, I'm getting the best quartz. Not yeah, necessarily. Basically, what it says here, I'll read you the paragraph. It says 90% of stone-like materials that form the base of quartz countertops are all waste byproducts of other core and the manufacturing processes. So, you know, like David said, you don't have, you know, there isn't quarries out there that are producing quartz, you know, just for uh, the engineers' stone materials. They're basically taking the crap <laughs> that's left over from uh, the regular quarrying operation. So you can have... And chances are you do have other materials in there other than quartz. I mean, you could have some marble in there. You could have some uh, softer limestone. I mean, you could have any number of issues in there. And even things that are like non-stone. Yeah, it's like what they put in agglomerates sometimes. I have a job where um, the guy had an agglomerate, and he says, yeah, this is an outdoor material. Anyway, besides potato, potato chipping when you put the thin side in it, and it just kind of potato chipped up in the corners, um, of all the 3,000 different types of granites that they put into this agglomerate cement material was a particular granite that had a very, very high content in iron. So mm-hmm. as it rained, 
and it got water around the pool, all these little chips that were in there of the iron were bleeding. There was blood spots and thousands of square feet in the home in Africa, which wasn't kind of something you want to do in that zip code. But they did, and the guy says, no, no, there's nothing wrong with this. We've never seen that problem before. And I'm like, you're lying. <laughs> I think yeah. that's a bunch of bull because everybody knows you're not supposed to put agglomerates outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the question is, on resins, maybe you can help with this because you're a lot more knowledgeable than I am chemistry-wise about the different resins and how many different resins there are that they could possibly be putting into this and changing the resin content, Fred, because yes. they may want to save some money. And, and that's true. And, and, you know, I kind of covered a little bit of this. And, you know, generally what's yeah. used with uh, resins or what they call insaturated polyester resins. The problem with that is that there are many types of formulas. It's kind of like, you know, to give you a good example, it's kind of like our, our cereals that we use, our impregnators that we use out there. There's, there's various types of formulas. So you could have that unsaturated polyester resin with 20 different formulas, and they're all going to react differently. And, you know, you've already kind of hinted on that a little bit, you know, the absorbency, how soft it is, uh, you know, how, how it cures, the type of curing that's done to it. Uh, and then you've got, you know, people using um, uh, a combination material, like there's, there's a new polymer out now that is a combination of the polyester epoxy blend. And then you've got a coat. Uh, and they, you know, you've got all these these resins that are being used, and, and a lot of times experimented with, and that becomes what that equates to. It becomes really difficult for people that are out there doing the results like you. So you almost, you know, I've had guys that don't even touch it. I'm not going to touch it. And, you know, my my um, uh, reaction to that is is that it's pretty good. I mean, like I said in the beginning, you know, a lot of the market stuff is being overtaken by courts, and what that's doing is it's driving down granite prices, which, which I kind of laugh at because in a lot of times, you know, these quartz materials, and I'm not, I'm not browbeating by any means, are more expensive than the real thing. And, and it, it's, it's just funny, and it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's equating uh, for these, these car bus out there buying a car and putting a Ferrari a kit car on top of a, a Volkswagen chassis and, and costing more than a real Ferrari does. <laughs> it's kind of really, I, I would say it too, but it's Well, it's kind of like, remember, it, in natural stone, remember they started putting, they started resonating stones? Yep. I'm sorry, I didn't find a memo on that in the technical committee. In fact, they really didn't tell anybody they were going to do it. They just no. did it and then shipped it. So yep. now, resonant stones, you really can't put outside. Though you do have a product that will keep it from going weird because yeah. you have a UV stable coating, but for the most part, you know, they resonate it and then they took everything out outside. Well, how many suppliers who put the slabs outside because they were natural, then they got the resins and left them outside and had to throw away all the slabs? Yeah. A ton. Yeah. And you know, so, yeah, they're just not telling you anything. Yeah. And, you know, with, uh, but the resins that, and what you can do with resins is really interesting. Well, you know, there, there's a little trick that I hesitate to get out of on this show. So I'm going to include it in my training class. But uh, there's, you know, well, let me just kind of kind of introduce you to the sort of trick. And that is the scratches on a lot of these engineered materials. If you take a microscope, and, you know, you can buy these, these field microscopes relatively inexpensive on Amazon. 
and you take a microscope and you look at the scratch, assuming this isn't a deep, deep scratch, it's a light scratch, or what appears to be a scratch. And if you look at that scratch under a microscope, you'll notice that the source is not scratched, but the resonance. So what you'll right. see is a break, you'll see a broken line. You'll see resin scratch, source not. Resin scratch, source not. And of course, when you take a microscope and you look at it with the naked eye, it looks like one continuous scratch, and it's not. And there are ways of getting that out, uh, which, uh, which will include our course, uh, where you don't have to be finished at top. If it's not a deep scratch. No, because what, what scratches, when you scratch it, it takes the resin and just kind of pulls it up and over. So yeah. if you get a really good razor blade and you're really careful, you get out that little area that has turned white, which is really just the explosion of that resin, and then cut it out and it goes away in a lot of cases. But you yeah. can also doctor it a little bit and mess with it. But, yeah, a lot of those tricks are in your class, but they have to spend the money to to take your class to get those tricks. Of course. <laughs> so, so, David, do you, you have any, uh, any last-minute comments? Uh, well, let me ask you this. Let me put it to you this way. What advice would you give guys out there that are in the rest stone restoration business right now and they want to get into doing more work? What would be your, your top advice for those guys? You know, I find a lot of people want to learn on the job, and I'm old school. You know, if you walk into my warehouse, I got sample floors now. And we have sample floors so we can learn it before we go to someone's house. Okay? So let's say if you take a Caesar stone, take a file stone, take a Chinese thing. A lot of times you can go to fabricators and they'll be happy to give you scraps out of their dumpster, good size, that you can mess with. What kind is this? Write it on the back. Mess with it. Yeah, it's a lot of hours. But you know what? You can charge an awful lot of money for fixing quartz. A lot more, a lot more, at least minimum three times more than you can for a natural stone because nobody knows how to do it. But if you don't do it right, it's your countertop, but learn how to do it. Sometimes people say to me, I want you to get these scratches out. And I said, good. Do you know where it's from? Well, I'm not really sure. My contractor won't call me back. Okay. Well, call your fabricator because I'm not sure either, and this is kind of weird when I'm looking at it. And I get them, you know, I get one of those little microscopes, and I start yes. looking at this. And I said, okay, well, when he gives me a sample, um, and I play with it to get my bearings, then um, I'll do it. Well, can't you just fix it right now? Mm, nope, because I want to yes. sleep tonight. So yes. one of the things is, is you guys have to practice, 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 practice. There are people that you know are married to these new. Uh, donkey pads, um, and they're fine. And there are people I know that have problems with them. Everybody's got the good and pluses of everything, but you need to find a system. Sometimes you go into one system, sometimes you go into another. There's sometimes, you know, um, I've known that even you've been able to do a polish with MB20, and that's fine. You know, that works real well, well too, but that's for a granite. So you have to find your variables because what Caesarstone has is not what Silestone has, which is not what Zodiac has, and definitely is not LG or Cambria or Chinese or Indian. They're all different, so it makes it very challenging. Don't think just because you know marble that you're going to be able to do engineered stone because most of the people in the business can't even top polish granite. They can do the edges, but they can't top polish granite. So if you can't take the time and find out, polish the granite, you're not going to have the patience with engineered stone. 
And don't think you're going to get a scratch off be a hero and get nothing for it because you can make some really good money on fixed and engineered stone. But you have to practice. How did you get good at what you did? You practiced. How did I get good at what I did? I practiced, practiced, practiced. Well, I don't have time to practice. Well, then don't jump in feet first. Because all you're going to do is get your ass bed. So, David, where, where can they get the uh, these policy Pro Kit? Uh, Steve's Polishing Pro Kit, they can get at ESPSales.net. Or they can call my office at 408-441-1407. The nice thing is, though, is being able to get the technical backup for that. Yeah. Um, Grand Courts, Grand, um, Grand Courts doesn't really sell it so much anymore because they got Jim's kit, but Braxton Bragg still sells it. Yep. And Braxton Bragg's can get it for you. So anybody in the Midwest, you order it through Braxton Bragg's. If they don't have it in stock and they've run out, um, we can drop ship it right here from the manufacturer. Okay. Well, David, thank you again, and uh, you know we'll do this again soon. It's a pleasure talking to you, sir. And, uh, yeah, this was this was good because it, it's, it's really confusing about this court stuff. And even though we touched on it, it's still confusing because yeah. next month somebody may switch their batches, and you think you got it, and you don't. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Fred. All right. Well, thanks again, David, and uh, we'll talk to you later, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. So let me take a quick break, and I'll come back right after we see you. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net. Want to be kept in the loop about news, upcoming courses, events, and more, all targeted to the surface care professional? Subscribe to the Surface Care Pro Advisory. No fluff, no spam, just pertinent info from time to time sent straight to your email. Sign up for free at backstage.surfaces.com. Surfaces is spelled S-U-R-P-H-A-C-E-S. So again, backstage.surfaces.com. Alrighty, folks. Uh, there we go. Uh, another show for uh, this, this Wednesday. Again, of course, uh, um, I want to mention that uh, I am going to be doing some live seminars as well as some e-learning seminars. So you might want to go ahead and uh, check that out. Uh, if you want to see the link that uh, we mentioned in this show from David and I, just simply send me an email at Houston F H U E S T O N at Gmail dot com, and I'll go ahead and email you email you those links. So anyway, folks, then until next week, I uh, hope everybody has a great rest of the week. Thanks for listening. Keep setting those styles, polishing that stone, and fabricating those spots. Later, my friends. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains. Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tough Skin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate product. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, 
lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. 